Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Father, we give you all praise and all glory and all honor this morning. Lord, not only is one day better, one moment in your presence is better than all eternity elsewhere, Lord. Father, we thank you for the work that you've done through your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, that before the foundation of the world, you had a plan in place to take care of our mistakes, to take care of our sin, to restore a relationship before it was ever broken. Lord, we didn't surprise you then and we're not surprising you now, Lord. Lord, our faith, our hope, our trust is in you this morning and forever. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. We are so glad that you joined us this morning. If you're uh, a guest to New Covenant this morning, we want to welcome you and are so glad that you're joining us for worship. If you have your Bible with you this morning or app on your phone, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, and we'll get there in just a moment. Uh, We've been in verses 11 through 20 uh, throughout this series, and we're going to uh, continue with that as our primary text this morning and for the rest of the series, uh, we've been looking at the armor of God, the whole armor of God. And so far, we've looked at the belt of truth, at the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace. And this morning, we're going to look at the shield of faith. And I think this piece of the armor of God is one of the more thought about pieces of armor. I think shields are just more exciting than a belt or shoes. Uh, I talked to Candy last week after the message, and she informed me that shoes are more important than I let on uh, to believe last week. Uh, but I, I think it depends on who you're who you're talking to. Um, but I certainly think that uh, the shield stands out to us more, and the sword and helmet, those types of pieces of clothing, would stand out to us more in our day and time because they're not common. Uh, we don't see them. I'm wearing shoes and a belt this morning, as many of you are uh, today. So I think when we read this scripture, the other pieces that aren't as common just inherently stand out more. If I were holding a shield right now, that's what everyone would be looking at and thinking about and talking about, uh, because it's just not common. And I think that's the, one of the reasons uh, that it stands out, along with the fact that the shield is tied to faith. And faith is something that uh, goes beyond religious circles or uh, Christianity. Uh, It goes into every facet of of our communities and culture. Uh, You hear about faith in a lot of things. There's faith in God. There's uh, people will talk about having faith in their spouse uh, or faith that their children are going to follow the things that they've been taught and and walk in the way that they've been raised. Uh, There's even people who talk about faith in currency, like faith in the dollar bill. Uh, When faith in our currency is high, uh, it's valued as higher than other currencies. And one dollar might be worth two of another nation's currency just because the faith in it is there. If faith in our currency is low, it might take three dollars to equal one dollar of somebody else's currency. So uh, this term faith is used in a lot of areas. But this morning, our focus is going to be in our faith in God and the faith, uh, the protection that our faith provides through the shield of faith. So let's uh, look again at our text starting in verse 11. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the screen. Put on, 
clothe yourself with the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand successfully against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to successfully withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness." And before we go on, I want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, while the shield of faith is going to be our primary topic this morning, there's a couple of things that I want to point out, and they're in this section of Scripture. The first is this statement about standing against the schemes of the devil. Uh, Charlotte Holland this week sent me a... Yeah, she's like, oh, <laughs> I didn't tell her. <laughs> she sent me a, a text this week with a message uh, about the armor of God, since we've been on it uh, for the past few weeks, it was a message by Priscilla Shire, and I, I listened to that, and it's a, a fantastic message. I'm sure if you just type her name and the armor of God, you could listen to the whole thing yourself. But she pointed out a thing that I wanted to share with you that we didn't cover in this first part of the of the passage, and she was just focusing on this statement against the schemes of the devil, and that word scheme means a, to make a plan. To lie in wait. And she just talked about how, you know, if someone does something to us and it's on accident or they didn't, you know, they didn't do it on purpose, but they did something and it hurt us, um, we're going to be more inclined to forgive them and be understanding because, you know, yeah, it hurt me, but they didn't do it on purpose. That's not what Satan is doing. That's not what the spiritual forces that the Bible says we're battling against. It says we're not battling against flesh and blood, but against these spiritual forces that are scheming, planning, lying in wait, hiding for the moment. Another scripture says that the devil is like a lion seeking out who he may devour. So he is planning against you, against your spouse, against your children. And he knows your weaknesses. He knows their weaknesses. He knows how to get your spouse to say that exact thing that's going to, you know, aggravate the heck out of you. And he's waiting for the moment that he'll be susceptible to say that to you and to put that thought in his mind at the moment that he takes down his defenses. And so this is the enemy that we're up against, someone who is plotting against you. And she was like, I don't know about you, but that makes me mad. To know that he's attacking my husband or for me that he'd be attacking my wife or my children. She's like, that makes me furious. And our responsibility is to protect one another, to take up the whole armor of God that we may stand against every attack of the enemy. The second thing that I wanted to point out in this uh, portion of scripture is that it says the word we If you look back at that verse, it says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against these powers and principalities and rulers in the dark uh, realm. And I don't know about you, you may, you may be more mature in your faith than I am when you read uh, this passage and, and have heard messages on it before in your life. But for me, I read it and I'm always thinking about myself. I need to put on the armor. I need to take up the shield. I need to do this. I need to prepare. I need to do this. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, there's a lot of eyes in that. It's like, it's all about me. And this whole passage starts out with, we do not 
wrestle against flesh and blood. We are an army of God. We, as the saints, are to fight together with each other for one another, not by ourselves. So yes, we all need to put on our armor, but we need to do it so we can fight together. And we're gonna we're gonna look at that in a I, I, I'm gonna get excited and get out of myself, but we're we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but I just want you to remember this passage that he's talking to all of us. It's not just we're not putting this armor on just for ourselves. Being part of the body of Christ is not an individual calling. We're called to be part of this body together. We and we'll get we'll get back there. <laughs> so jump to verse fifteen. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. In all circumstances, every moment of every day, in everything that we face, we're supposed to take up the shield of faith. Nothing falls out of that description. In all circumstance, in every circumstance, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Every single attack. Every single scheme. Every single plan that he has against you. That he has against your spouse. That he has against your children. That he has against the body of Christ. Can be extinguished. If in every circumstance we'll take up the shield of faith. And take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So up until now, Paul's description of the armor of God has been limited to items that we wear. We've put on the belt. He says, fasten the belt of truth. We, he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the shoes of peace. And once these items are put on, they essentially hold themselves in place. Once you've put them on, you don't have to continue thinking about them. They're very important. They have a, a, a feature that must be present. But once we've equipped ourselves with them, we can kind of go on. And that's, of course, if we've put them on put them on, <laughs> and then that we've put them on properly. Uh, have you ever had a shoe fly off? You know, been doing, maybe you're running, maybe you're doing something, and your shoe just pops off. So this last week, Candy and I uh, were moving to a new home just here in town, and me and some guys were carrying a big piece of furniture, and I can't even remember what it was. I just remember it was heavy. And all of my focus, all of my attention was on carrying my part of that weight. And so we're going, and I'm going backward. And somewhere along the way, my left shoe just pops off. And up until that moment, all of my attention was on carrying that load and doing what I was supposed to be doing. My, I, not one thought, subconscious or otherwise, was on my shoes. My shoes didn't even exist. They were doing the function they were intended to do. But as soon as that shoe popped off, all my thought was now, I just lost my shoe. Now I'm carrying this thing and I'm barefoot and what am I, you know... All of my attention changed. And that's what those three pieces are like. When they're doing what they're supposed to do, they're providing their function. We don't need to think about them. The shield of faith is absolutely nothing like that. The shield of faith is totally different. 
Paul said to fasten the belt, to put on the shoes, to put on uh, the breastplate of righteousness. But then when he gets to uh, the shield of faith, he says, take up the shield. We have to take it up. We have to hold it. They constantly held that shield. Whether they were marching or in battle, their shield was always taken up. The shield of faith is something that we are required to raise. Just strapping it to our arm won't do us any good if we don't make the effort to hold it up in front of us, if we don't have it with us, if we haven't taken it up and are carrying it at all times. Once we have put those other pieces on, we can passively be engaged with them. But the, the shield of faith requires us to be actively engaged. We can never passively engage with our shield. We have to take up our faith. We have to use our faith. We have to live out our faith every day. And as Paul said, in every circumstance, every moment of every day, take up the shield of faith. The Roman shield that Paul is describing here was called a scutum. And there will be a photo of it. Yeah, that's what it looked like. It was three and a half to four feet tall and about two feet wide. This was a big shield. You couldn't forget that you were carrying that shield around. The total weight of all the armor of a Roman soldier was 44 pounds. The weight of the shield was 22. I know I'm not strong enough, and even I don't care how built those guys were, you can't carry 22 pounds on your arm all day long and be marching and forget about it. Like, you're going to know it's there. It's constantly on your mind. You're constantly thinking, man, this thing's heavy. <laughs> and as, as the miles go on, it gets heavier and heavier. But they took up that shield and they had it with them at all times. There's, the shield was slightly curved to help defend from attacks. It also had a large metal knob in its center called, called a boss that Thing protruding out and that could deflect even the most vicious of blows and the shield was at an arch and that that deal was kind of like a circle so that anything coming against it or a sword blow would be deflected away and the brunt of that force would not be totally felt by the one holding the shield it deflected it it took away much of the force and it could even uh work as an offensive weapon they could push it against and you know you look at that you wouldn't want to get hit in the head (laughs) with that deal remember and now i want you to remember paul's plural statement we we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but we fight against this enemy And this shield that protected the soldier from spears and arrows and even fiery arrows had edges on it that were made so that they could interlock with fellow soldiers and literally turn that shield into a wall. And they could march into the enemy as a wall. And that shows how powerful this image, this uh, example would have been because the people that were hearing uh, this message and this example saw that, knew that from experience. These soldiers walked down their streets on a daily basis, and they would have known what he was talking about, that we're not alone. We're going to march into battle together. We can interlock this shield of faith together. We can go in against to battle the one enemy, the common enemy, not against flesh and blood, but the spiritual enemy who is fighting against every single one of us for the same purpose. But we have a shield of faith that's 
that God himself has given us. That's his armor that he said if we will take up in every circumstance, it will deflect every attack of the enemy, every scheme, every arrow. You know, when, when you think of a battle or war, do you ever think about one soldier? It's one army going against another army. Why? And like I said, I may be just preaching to myself, but why would I always look at this passage and think it's about me? That I'm putting on all this armor for myself. I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. He's saying, we're putting on armor because we're a soldier in an army of God. He's called us all to march together. And yes, we, we each have to put on this army, but for the purpose of marching together. So that we can put our shield of faith together. I think as a church, we've focused plenty on our individual part, but not enough on our part as a body. The body of Christ, the army of Christ, fighting against our common enemy together, not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You've been looking at this picture of an individual soldier, and he looks like a formidable opponent. I know I wouldn't want to fight him. I think he'd win. He's certainly ready for a fight. But what if he were surrounded? What if he were alone and came upon the enemy and they surrounded him? Or somebody had been laying in wait for the moment that he separated himself from his company. And now he's surrounded. His shield is a great defense. But what about his sides and his back? He's now totally exposed He may be able to protect one front, but he can't do anything about the rest. And if he starts swinging around in circles, it's just going to be a matter of time before he's taken out. The Romans had a solution for this, but it required your fellow soldiers. It was called a testuda formation, and testuda means tortoise, a a turtle shell. And as you all know, I'm sure we've all seen a, a turtle You know, they have a shell, and not only do they have the shell, they can pull their arms and legs inside and be totally protected by their shell, by their God-given shell. And God has given us His armor to protect us. So they could, uh, the Roman testuda formation then was a very effective tactic for using their large shield as a solid defense. There's a picture of it. So when the enemies would begin firing arrows and other projectiles at the army, the soldiers would close rank into a rectangle array. Those on the outside would use their shields to create a wall around the perimeter. Those in the middle would raise their shields over their head to protect everyone from airborne attacks. The result was a formidable human tank that could be stopped only through a tremendous effort. When fighting together and defending together, these soldiers could protect their front, their back, their sides, and the air. All at the same time, because they were fighting together with their shield. Something the individual soldier could never accomplish. We each need to put on the whole armor of God. We each need to take up the shield of faith and take it up in every circumstance. And we need to be there with our brother and sisters in Christ so that we don't have an area exposed. That the area that we can't protect our brother or sister in Christ does with their shield of faith. Ephesians 4 
11 through 16 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to be a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That sounds a lot like an enemy who's waiting, scheming, planning against us. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Together, we can take our shield of faith, knit them together, put them together, put them above and beside and behind and protect ourselves from every attack that the enemy can throw at us. When the Roman army joined its shields together, it became an almost unstoppable force. And if we in God's church join our shields, that is strengthen each other with our Faith. The Bible talks about us encouraging one another, praying for one another, lifting one another up, being there for one another. Clothing ourselves with the full armor of God, walking together, serving one another as we're individually gifted. We will be an unstoppable force as we come against our spiritual enemy. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against the same spiritual enemy, the enemy of our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. We must remember as we fight in this spiritual battle that it is not an individual fight. This is the battle of all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, both here and throughout the world. We are called to put our faith in God and stand side by side, actively engaging and taking up our shield in every circumstance and contending earnestly as one body. Jude 1.3 says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. One faith a common salvation that we're called to contend for earnestly. We're in this together. Together, our shields of faith deflect the enemy's attack. Satan is always hurling his fiery darts of fear and doubt and worry in our direction, but the only time they can hit us is when we let our shield down. He's laying in wait. He's scheming. He's planning 24-7 to find that weakness. I mentioned it earlier how he, can, he knows your weakness. He knows what irritates you about the other people in your life. He knows what irritates them. He knows what they're doing and where they're going and what they've planned. He knows all of those things. And he's patient. He's waiting for the one moment when we say, you know what? I think I'm good now. It looks like everything's clear. There's no attacks at the moment. I think I can put it down. I don't have to hold up my faith today. I've gotten tired. I can take a break. And we set it down. And he says, that's exactly what I was waiting for. 
All I needed was one moment, one instant to get an arrow in. And you dropped your guard. And not only does it affect us, it affects our brother or sister who's standing right beside us because we've taken out the protection that God says our shield of faith provides us. And it says in every circumstance, in every moment of every day, keep your shield up front. Take it up. Keep it ready. Because that's the only way that we can stop every arrow, every attack that the enemy throws at us. But as soon as we let it down, we're opening ourselves to that attack. And he's laying there waiting and ready to pounce. But God promises if you put on my armor, if you wear it, if you take it up, it will take out every single attack. Not one will get through. We'll do exactly what he called us to do, the way that he called us to do it. And the word says that we're called to live in the spirit, not by the flesh. The moment that we lay our shield down, we're stepping into the flesh. The moment we pick our shield back up on, we're... Stepping into the Spirit. We're walking and living in the Spirit. When we let our shield of faith down, when we stop believing that God is in control, that He's working out everything for our good, that whatever happens is in our ultimate best and His overall plan for the whole world, uh, however it may not Look that way in the moment. We can look around at all kinds of things and think this can't be the way that it's supposed to go. But if we're living and walking in faith and in the spirit, you can be assured that God's plan is going to work out just the way he had it planned. Nothing is going to be left out. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And this is a is just a fantastic example of what faith truly is. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is real. Faith is tangible. Substance is tangible. Evidence is solid proof. If a lawyer makes their case and they have the evidence, nothing else that's said even matters. Here's the proof. Here is the evidence. Faith is, by definition, not some hazy emotion without any grounding in reality. It is irrefutable truth. Faith is real. And we are called to actively engage with it and take it up every day in every circumstance. I'll close with this example uh, as as we were moving and rehanging pictures and things, I came across a picture that we took a couple of years ago when we went to Israel. And it's of the, the steps, the temple steps that would have led to, to the old temple. And each step is different um, in size and shape. If you look at these steps, they're going to be the same height, same width. If you go up and down them enough, you could uh, traverse them without even thinking, without even looking at them. If you've got steps in your home, you could be carrying something and know right when you get to that point and walk and you know when you're going to get to the last one because you do it every day. Another example of that type of thing would be uh, if you have a route you drive somewhere and you drive the same route over and over and over. How many of you have ever gotten home and thought to yourself, how did I even get here? <laughs> I don't remember the trip I just took. I don't know if I went through red lights, I, you know. You know, I, I, my, you know, there's been self-driving cars for a long time. 
And so what they did was they built these steps uneven. Each step is some are higher, some are lower, some are wider, some are shorter. And you might look at it and think, man, this stonemason didn't know what he was doing. They couldn't build, they couldn't even build even steps. But they did it on purpose because they didn't want anyone to come to the temple and be coming to the presence of God and not be thinking about it. You couldn't walk up these steps and be in a daze or you're going to fall and trip. You had to be concentrating on each step. Some are wide enough that they take two steps before you even get to the next one. And that's the way the shield of faith is. It says we have to take it up. We have to actively engage with it. We can't get in uh, in a self-driving or automatic mode and forget about it. You have to be consciously thinking about it in every circumstance. Be ready. I love where it says, after you've done everything to stand, stand. When you get tired, take up the shield. When you're rested, take up the shield. When you want to quit, take up the shield. In every circumstance, take up the shield of faith. Don't put it down. It's for you and it's for your brother and your sister who's right beside you, who are going to need you. And if you see someone else getting tired, say, take up your shield. I'm tired too, but we can't set it down. We can't rest. We can't let back because there's an enemy out there who's not sleeping. He's in wait. He's scheming. He's waiting for that chance to get to you. We have to take it up. Over and over and over. And the Lord promises if we do, it will take out every single attack of the enemy. Not one of his plans will be successful if we'll take up the shield of faith. That's how we're called to treat our faith. We may be able to put on and equip our belt and our shoes and our breastplate and forget about them, but we must constantly engage with faith. And it's even more effective when we engage with it together as the body of Christ. This morning we're going to close in prayer. And we're going to pray uh, again for Tensia Ramirez. Many of you know um, that she's been ill and um, has COVID and has been on a ventilator for about a week. And from the physical side, it's not looking well. Um, But from a spiritual side, we know that God is our healer and he can heal in all circumstances. Um, And regardless of when medicine works or doesn't, the true healer is God. Uh, And so I want us to join our faith today, this morning, and we're going to pray for her. Uh, and we'll also have our, our ministry teams available. Again, uh, I've always said I never turn down a chance to agree with somebody in prayer. That's what the shield of faith is. When we're praying together, we're joining our shields together, uh, joining our faith together to agree uh, on, on the same thing, on a common thing, and, and bring our petition to God. Um, so if you have any other prayer request after we close and go into worship, you can, you can come and join with us uh, so that we can join with you in prayer. If you'll bow your head with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that your word is true. Father, you, you gave it to us before the foundation of the world. That Jesus Christ was the word. Before there was anything, there was the word. Lord, and it's truth. The belt of truth, Lord, that's part of our foundation. Lord, and we stand on it this morning. And we come to you, Lord, uh, raising our shields of faith together. Lord, and we lift up Tensia in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for healing. We pray that you would fill her lungs with your breath of life. 
Father, our request to you, our petition to you is that you heal her, make her whole physically in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you be with her husband and her daughter and her son, Lord, and with the rest of the family. Give them strength, uh, Lord. Let the body of Christ that's around them at this moment be there for them uh, as we also continue to be there for them and lift them up in prayers. Father, more than anything, they need you. And we know that you are her, her only hope, Lord. We ask you to heal her in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, uh, Lord, I pray for the whole body, this part of the body of Christ and the whole body of Christ worldwide, Lord, that, that this word, uh, this truth, that, that every uh, believer in Christ that has a Bible has in their hands, Lord, that you would make this revelation truth, Father, that we would all raise our shield of faith, that the body of Christ would be walking in spirit and not in the flesh, that we would follow you in each and every circumstance, and that in every circumstance we take up the shield of faith, that the enemy will not find one moment, one instant, where he can attack us, Lord. Father, we thank you that you've given us this whole armor. Transform us, Lord, that we might put it on every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 